Good morning. This is the old Trailblazer broadcast. This is Pastor Albert Pendarvis. We ride out each morning on old Dan, as it were, blazing the path to the hearts of sinners. We've been here quite a while now, and I wish you'd write me and let me hear from you. Remember, our mailing address is Radio Missions, Post Office Box 1810, Walker, Louisiana, 70785. We're bringing you a series of messages. Now we're continuing on Satan, the God of this world, and we're looking at the... Uh, talking about the demon possession and demon doctrine of demons and how it, how it affects or how it influences our present-day soul winning. That's right. Did you know the demon spirits affect our present-day so-called soul winning? It does. Folks are preaching now this half gospel under the influence of learning and power of the intellect, calling men to an acceptance of or a decision for Jesus. That's not salvation, my friend. In the early church, God added to the church daily such as were being saved. Today, men, men are adding to the church role. Those he brings in on a decision for Christ, pads the church role, goes out and hunts up those who are affluent and brings them into the church, get them on a decision. And in the early church, men were amazed and confounded and embarrassed, stirred deeply when they were awakened to their lost condition. They knew nothing of their lost condition. They didn't know one thing, my friend just as man today, but men and women today are ever learning. Yes, they know the Bible, they know all of those things, but they never come to the knowledge of the truth, and the truth is that they're lost sinners. Do you know what the truth is, my friend? The truth is that man by nature hates God. Man by nature hates everything that is God, that is of God. Man, uh, God, man hates God's messenger. That's right. Men would gnash on the average preacher who's preaching the gospel if they were allowed to. They'd persecute them, put them to death, put them in jail. That's right. Deep Holy Spirit con conviction characterized the early church. Today, Holy Spirit conviction is an ancient mystery, practically unknown. The average preacher doesn't know it when he sees it. As I brought out in our last study, I'm bringing a message this coming Sunday, Lord's Day, on Holy Spirit conviction, the Spirit's work in the human heart. Do you know anything about that? Let me just give you briefly, my friend. You may have never heard of Holy Spirit conviction. We preach it here at the Old Trailblazer broadcast, time in, time out. And it's always been that way where the old divines brought God's message. They preached for Holy Spirit conviction. What is it, you say? It's the Holy Spirit. The Lord sending the Holy Spirit to some individual, man or woman, boy or girl. They, they're walking in their own strength. They're lost and don't know it. It may be a church member. They may be on the, in the gutter, maybe a bar room, wherever. But when the Lord sets his love upon that sinner, the Holy Spirit comes there mysteriously. I grant you it's a mysterious work. And he begins to open that heart. The word goes home to his heart somehow, maybe just a testimony of some poor little mother who has a saving grace in her heart. She testifies to one of her wayward sons, and uh, the word goes home to her heart. It may be uh, over some radio broadcast where me or someone else is preaching the gospel, and God's word goes home to their heart. It may be the Bible. You may be sitting reading your Bible. The Bible is God's word is sharper than a two-edged sword. My friend, it can pierce the stiffest heart the stoutest heart, but when that word goes home to that heart, the old trailblazer, Pastor L.R. Shelton, used to describe it like this. It'd be like a barbed arrow going into the to your heart between your ribs. You know what a barbed arrow is? It has a, it has a barb on the end of it where you can't pull it out. 
my friend, now I can say things, but you can throw it off. You can throw my words off. You can throw off the message. You can throw it over your shoulder day by day and call me an old fool, old crackpot. But when God's word goes home, pierces between your ribs there and goes into your heart and goes in there like a barbed arrow and you can't pull it out. It'll stay with you, my friend. That's right. That's right. It'll stay with you. And that Holy Spirit will begin to deal with your heart, show you yourself, show you that you're a sinner, show you that you're lost, show you that you have no goodness or, or grace in your life, and then show you Christ as your Redeemer, as your Savior, as your Lord. It's a coming down, my friend. It brings the proud down. It brings the haughty down. It brings the socialite down to, to the level that the Lord wants them to be brought down to. And where is that at? At his feet. At his feet. Listen now. Listen now. The early church produced goodly, uh, godly, sainted men and women, and the early church was noted for its love one for another. That's right. The Word says, behold how they love each other. The church today is noted for its jealousies. Think with me now. Think with me, my mother and dad, in your church. Jealousy, envy, strife, gossiping, divisions. The Lord's laying on my heart a message to bring here about the long tongue. Do you have a long tongue in your church? Do you have a long tongue in your congregation? Some old long tongue heifer, long tongue heifer that's always got a long tongue going, my friend. That's right. Let me tell you a little incident. A woman come into the pastor's office one day, and she said, Pastor, I've been wanting to ask you something a long time. And would you let me do something? He said, well, I, I guess so. What is it? She said, would you stick out? Would you let me have your uh, your uh, necktie? I said, I want to cut about six inches off of it. It's always too long. He said, well, you just go ahead. And he reached in his desk drawer, give her a pair of scissors, and she cut it, cut six inches off his necktie. And he said, well, now I want you to do me a favor, my friend, my lady friend. She said, well, sure, what is it? He said, stick out your long tongue. I've been wanting to cut about three inches off of it for many a day. And now you've given me the opportunity. He got the word to her, didn't he? She had that old long gossiping tongue, always critical, always, listen, causing division. Listen now, the early church took its stand upon blood redemption in Christ and upon the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ under the power of the Holy Spirit. The church today has no power with God. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't have any power with God. It's riding sails of intellect and learning has, and learning and has merged with the world. The world has come into the church, businessmen now running the church, my friend. Listen, listen. The early church centered around the person and work of Christ, and the church today centers around what? Could you answer me if I asked you that? What does your church center around? Is it centered around the Lord Jesus Christ? Is he preached and taught under the power of the Holy Spirit to where men are convicted of sin in your church? Or is your church centered around a program? I see most of them. Most of the churches I know of are centered around a program. Let me give you some of them. They have, well, they have an athletic program. They have a young man that's a minister of the young people, and he has a ball team. They have a softball team, girls team, boys team. They have a volleyball team, girl team, boys team. They have a basketball team. All right, that's one program. Then they have a music program. They have a, 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 a one of these modern um, 
contemporary music, they call it. They'll, they'll play for the Sunday services or they'll have concerts during the week, and that's a music program. And then they have a bus program where they take a, a load of kids to the beach on, on a Saturday and stay all day and burn up like a fish, a crawfish out there on the hot beach. That's another program. And then they have all sorts of other programs. Miss so-and-so's ahead of this one, and Mrs. So-and-so's ahead of that one, and all of those things, my friend. But where is Christ? And then they have this... Uh, they have this entertainment program. They have a large gym or a recreation hall, and they put on these large suppers and have a movie and show it and maybe a dance, too. That's another program. But where is Christ, my friend? You know what we preach here at the Old Trailblazer broadcast? We preach Christ and him crucified. That's right. Listen, but the world is ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. John 1.17 says, grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Not only grace, but truth. Listen now, not only grace, but truth came by Jesus Christ. No sinner ever comes to know himself, and no saint will ever be able to continue to know himself except by the revelation of the Holy Spirit. 1 Timothy 2.4 says, who will have all men to be saved to come to the knowledge of the truth? Have you ever come to the knowledge of the truth about yourself, my friend? Has the Lord probed your heart and you denied it and denied it and denied it, threw it all, threw it all, threw it all? Oh, no, my friend. Listen, listen, my friend. Would you just listen? If God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth, before a sinner can ever get saved, he must come to know the truth of his salvation and acknowledge the truth. Listen, the truth of a sinner's salvation is, according to Luke 19.10, that he's a lost sinner. Have you ever been awakened to the fact that you're lost? Luke 19.10 says Christ came to seek and to save that which was lost. Has the Holy Spirit ever revealed to your heart that you're a lost sinner and you've acknowledged it? If you haven't, you're not saved. I'll just tell you flat out this morning. You say, well, you're judging. No, I'm not judging. I'm just analyzing the situation. Listen now. Oh, I know it's confusing and embarrassing and the most unexpected thing in the world when the Holy Spirit opens that heart. But listen to me. It's the greatest thing could ever happen to a poor soul before the Lord saved him, is to have the Holy Spirit, the third person of the triune God, my friend. He is God, a very God, and he's here. The Lord sent him here to open hearts, one here and one there. <clears throat> and I tell my people here, the greatest need we have in this auditorium here, the greatest need we have in this radio ministry of ours, is that the Holy Spirit would walk Walk the aisles of our chapels and our mission places, of our homes where the tapes go, and, and open hearts. Open your heart as you sit there, my friend. Oh, don't sit there like a bump on a stump. If the Lord is dealing with your heart, yield to him, my friend. Pray to him. Ask the Lord, 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 open my heart. Don't let me go. We sing that song here. Don't pass me by or, or pass me not, O gentle Savior. Hear my humble cry while on others thou art calling. Lord, don't pass me by. Could you sing that, my friend, this morning? Could you just hum along with me? Oh, my friend, I wish you could. I wish you could. Don't pass me by this morning, Lord. Don't pass a sinner by. If, you ever, if you've never been awakened, you're not saved. No, listen now. Listen. Listen. 
Listen, my friend, so many today are like Janais and Jambres, the false prophets who withstood Moses when he came before Pharaoh. They resisted the truth and would not have it. Then Paul said, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. Oh, that's one of the most gracious things, yet threatening things. Listen, but after their own lust shall heap to themselves teachers, having itching ears, and they shall turn their ears away from the truth and shall be turned into fables. Now, my friend, that's what we're facing today in our present-day soul-winning. Men and women have turned their ears away from the truth. They love sin. They love error. They love to be uh, consoled in in the preacher to pat them on the back. Never, 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 never saying, my friend, do you know the Lord? Does your pastor ask you ever, ever ask you, do you know the Lord, my friend? Are you saved, my brother? My deacon board, are you saved? Do you look your deacon board in the face, my pastor friend, and ask them, are you saved? Do you ever stand in front of your choir before they begin to sing and go down the line and say, my friend, are you saved? Do you know the Lord? Are you, are you trusting the Lord? Are you resting in the Lord? Are you? Could you do that? And then do you stand behind your pulpit on Sunday morning with a large crowd there in front of you and look out in that sea of faces and take your finger and point into that crowd and say, my brother, do you know the Lord? My brother, if you was to die this afternoon, would you go to be with the Lord? Those are solemn, somber questions, my friend. I raise those questions day after day here at Radio Missions. I do. I do. I know that I'm not popular. I don't want to be popular. Oh, if I ever get to be popular, my friend, I've had it. I'll get out of the ministry because my message is not popular. No, my message that the Lord gives me is a cutting message. It cuts right down to where we live, and that's what I want it to do day after day. Lord, don't compromise. Don't let me, don't let me compromise. Don't let me let some poor soul go to hell because I wasn't true to him. My, oh, my Father, bless us and keep us. Don't, don't let me do that. I wish you'd sit down and write me a letter. You folks there who have heard me a long time now, some of you, write me a letter. Write to Old Trailblazer and say, Pastor, keep on keeping on, would you? Or say, Pastor, uh, you got on my toes last week, but I appreciate it. Would you do that? And then would you send me a generous offering to help me with the broadcast? These broadcasts are very expensive. Would you just help us? Remember, my mailing address is Radio Missions. Post Office Box 1810, Walker, Louisiana, 70785. Goodbye and God bless you. The Radio Bible and Book Room is a nonprofit ministry of the First Baptist Church of Algiers in connection with Radio Missions. We offer over 1,500 titles of early Puritan, Baptist, and Reformed works, including commentaries, sermons, devotionals, gifts, children's products, and a variety of King James study Bibles in regular, large, and giant print. For an online catalog and information about the Radio Bible and Book Room, visit our website at radiomissions.org. 